Welcome, current and future VeloFluence. You are now tuned into the VeloFlow podcast to take your cycling journey to the next level. I'm your host, Zed Pitts. What's your flow? So we are, of course, in the second season of the VeloFlow Project podcast, and I'm really excited, of course, I'm not going to really show it because it's quite late, as usual, and you all know that I usually record at night, and... I think that's really a reflection of my personality, right? I I tend not to want to be so extroverted with all of my efforts or, um, you know, the things that I do. But of course, I do like to keep you VeloFluence abreast of my moves for the most part so that you can maybe follow along with, uh, follow along with my journey as a cyclist and I am looking to become pro, but these, it's so many opportunities that's presented, that have presented themselves to me during this pandemic. And uh, I'm not saying that in a way as like, I am happy that the pandemic happened because that, I mean, a lot of lives were lost um, during these past challenging times and a lot of people lost their jobs and i mean covid 19 has really highlighted in the states and throughout the world right the different disparities that people are really experiencing um and that's mental and physical on top of the financial so i just wanted to you know frame this podcast in the way to where maybe we sit back and 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 talk about how this pandemic has affected our respective um, athletic journeys so i would like to maybe spin you all up on for the new listeners you know if you don't mind you should go back to the beginning because i did unpack a lot since um i've started this fellow foot project and i feel like a lot has changed like if you listen to let's say starting from the third podcast i really unpacked like a whole roadmap of roadmap of how I wanted to approach this elite status of cyclisthood, if you will. And once the pandemic hit, it was like, not today. <laughs> so, but before I get into all of this, you know, I always have to educate you all on what my beverage is this time around. And I am currently drinking, let's see what this stuff is called. It is called chill, super chill actually. And I 
think I think my fiance bought this from Cub and Cub I think that's indigenous to Minnesota if not just limited to the Twin Cities but this is a zero calorie sparkling beverage and the flavor is of course my very favorite cranberry but it's like mixed with raspberry or something but it gets the job done so i'm gonna take a sip before i get into the weeds of everything that's going on in this podcast here so here we go oh yeah it's bubbly too i forgot to mentioned that there may be some burping episodes because this is quite the sparkling beverage um so anyway i'll put that there so yeah um a lot has changed since i've started the pillow flow project so i hmm i realized that um my roadmap is going more toward the esports realm so what do i mean by that i mean that i have been doing a lot of my training virtually so everyone knows that i use the sufferfest i use the sufferfest in order to get stronger but i use zwift in order to race with um other cyclists around the world or just ride socially for example we have the weekly we are invictus social ride that we do every sunday actually and that ride is kind of like the pride and joy of it's a shared pride and joy of andy perrin that's my mentor of the invictus games foundation in the in adaptive cycling and then um we i was recently invited to maybe join in on another international organization called help for heroes now both of these both of these um, organizations are centered around military veterans so but the We Are Invictus ride is open to family, you know, and friends of veterans that have Zwift accounts and they want to ride with the veteran community, the adaptive sports community within the veteran community. And, you know, just have, you know, have a virtual experience. And while at the same time, you're getting your fitness on, so it's like a win for everybody. Um, I noticed that Andy, Andy's wife is actually, <laughs> she's actually riding more. Like at first it was like she wanted to dip her toe into the whole experience, but I think it's become a staple for her now. So she's addicted to the Invictus Games Zwift experience. So I'm really happy about that because you know, COVID has really um, challenged us socially as far as, you know, keeping us physically dis- distance. And um, so this, this virtual world that we have 
basically exploited um, allows us to interact as athletes, as veterans, as a social community. And from that, I noticed that I have developed somewhat of a mental, um, a mental, what word am I looking for? Resting place, you know, so some place where I can actually just release all of my frustrations from my civilian job and basically just mingle and exchange banter points. <laughs> <It's> banter. <laughs> I made that word up. Banter points with internationals and, you know, share experiences with, you know, ask them how they're doing. Ask them how they're dealing with these, um, the mental challenges that come with the COVID experience. And I think that's cool because oftentimes we think we're alone when it comes to our struggles as athletes, as, you know, civilians, as whatever. And there's oftentimes someone that has gone through that struggle already or they've studied it and they find they're they found the solution. And this this Swift experience that I mentioned earlier is actually unlocking more people for me to where I can share my challenges with them and they in turn share with me and I'm able to, you know, hey, well, I've been through that before. I, I can help you out with that. This is what you need to do. And um, that, that segues me into, um, I talked enough about Zwift, let's go to the Sufferfest. So I was going through my Instagram on, you know, the VeloFlow Project Instagram. And I was scrolling down my news feed and I saw the Sufferfest. They posted something with Coach Mac. Now, I'm not really, I didn't really go into the, you know, a deep research about Coach Mac, but I figured since he's one of the coaches of the Sufferfest, he definitely knows what he's talking about. And I'll include that forum. It was a forum that they opened up and they asked, um, what do we do when, when we miss a day of training? Because I've been beating myself up lately um, with several projects, deadlines hitting me across the head, both in my professional and personal life. On top of, you know, the, the mental and physical stressors of cycling or just being an athlete, period. Mm -mm. So there's the first bird. Yay, we got that one out of the way. And I might as well take another sip so we can have a second one, right? Mm. Oh yeah, that's good. Ah oh, man, that's good. Yeah, I gotta get some more of that. <laughs> so what what this forum is about, which I, I think I said, didn't I say I'll put a link to the forum in the description section of this podcast and you'll see my response, but I'll just go ahead and tell you what it was. And um, so here we go. Um, the coach asked, he asked like, what do, what do we do? 
when we miss a day of training. And I put on the Instagram post, I was like, well, oftentimes if I miss a day of training, I quickly turn that day into somewhat of a mental fitness slash yoga like session to where, you know, I don't really stress out about missing time in the saddle because with mental stress, that's, that produces more physical stress. And you have already, you know, probably been going through a lot of things, all the things throughout the day before you get to your training session. So when I, as I was writing my response, I realized that maybe I've reached the point where I was doing like all of the things and ignoring my mental fitness or not ignoring it entirely because I found that I find I like to pride myself on um, self-awareness, but I think I was maybe getting caught up in the pandemonium of, you know, our political climate with the elections, um, the pandemic, um, and in addition to the political climate we have, you know, the racial issue that's going on not only in the states but worldwide as well, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement. And so I was probably internalizing that this whole like vibe that we're going through together globally. And I didn't really have the the correct mechanisms, but since, you know, I soldier up and I, you know, use my Invictus spirits and just power through, I feel like there were some, some background noises that I was, you know, that I tuned out or I became deaf to, and they started to build up. So I noticed as I was getting on my bike, I was starting to feel like I wasn't really, I was just trying to get through it. It was no longer, it was no longer emotionally satisfying for me. It was no longer an emotional release. The only time that I really have the emotional release was with other people, like during um, a race, Um, even the races though. No, because now that I think about it, I race with Team Dirt. That's dads, indoors, riding trainers or something like that. (laughs) And um, every Thursday they have the the World Time Trial Series. Now it's called WTRL. I want to say it's like World Time World Time Trial Racing League or World Team Race League. Um, and I hashtagged them recently because they um, released like a series, and often it's so much information. So forgive me, but I'll put the description of the WTRL in the description section of this podcast. So that's so much information that you all, you fellow Flowins, are going to be getting today, right? Congratulations, you win. <laughs> 
So going back to what I was saying about the emotional um, gratitude or the depreciation of emotional gratitude, that was it was becoming more and more apparent. I want to say hmm, for the the past two weeks, and I noticed this week was like, whoa, I actually had to, I had to do something else. And my mind was trying to like decipher what those something else else's, here we are making up new vocabulary words, right? Those, those other things I could be doing. And I was like, maybe I should take up rowing. And the reason I thought about rowing was because there is a cyclist, Tommy Ng, and I'll, I'll let you all look him up. I'll tag him to this podcast since I brought him up. He's a pro cyclist in Australia. And um, he started off as a rower. And I was like, oh, so rowing actually makes what probably be a good way to cross train. So if I feel mentally burnt out cycling, I could definitely see myself rowing. <laughs> and it's funny because I remember the Invictus Games in 2016, rowing was like, the worst experience for me ever because um, I ended up on the rowing team for Team USA for the Invictus Games and I was like what am I doing here again and they got this crazy like shot of me called I think the subtitle was like his all and um, the reason I don't like rowing is because my left arm right it's damaged so during the rowing process at the Invictus Games I, I chuckle because this is so funny they literally said you were a rower and I was like oh no <laughs> I am I never trained and they said but you're on the list and I'm I'm wondering who put me on that list I think so there were there were probably some trolls like in the mix but anyway I did it and I was like oh my gosh and it was this digital setup and it was crazy it was like a bad dream can you imagine like going into a dream and someone's like are you ready to start you know they're like what here's your guitar you know <laughs> go and play in front of 10,000 people that's basically what my experience was but it was cool because once I got, you know, I got like a quick, um, a quick training session. I think it was like five minutes, but in hindsight, okay. In hindsight, I'm not going to finish that story. I didn't win. How about that? I didn't win the race. I started off good, but I didn't win. Left arm just stopped working. So I was, I was like rowing with just two legs and one arm. It was crazy. But I'll, I'll put a link to that picture so you can see me struggle. <laughs> but I think it's pretty cool. I look like Blade or something when he, I think it was Blade 2 when he came out of the, um, the blood and like 
after being stabbed everywhere with some like stakes or whatever. Yeah, it was kind of like intense like that. So I think you'll get a kick out of it. <laughs> but yeah, I th I'm thinking I should take up rowing to cross train because I don't want to, you know, feel a certain type of way towards the adaptive sports that's got me where I am fitness wise today. You know, I want to abandon cycling. So um, I was thinking about taking up rowing and, you know, the VeloFlow project is not just, you know, cycling. It's multidisciplinary with cycling being in the center. So if I can take up another adaptive sports that would help my cycling, I'm all for it. And, um, so, and unlike running, like a lot of people say, well, I'll run. I don't, based on research, um, I can probably find a few articles for you all if you, if you want them, but I've read some that, that had that mention that running doesn't really help cycling. Cycling helps running, but running doesn't help cycling. But unlike those two, those pair, the rowing experience actually builds your core for cycling. That explosiveness that you need, it builds up your core and it builds up the, the core muscles in your legs that you need to, to push off. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Um, that, that would be a perfect cross training um, exercise or discipline to pick up. So tell me if you're listening to this, congratulations, you've just created a new rower. <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in this space, in this mental space of creating more space to keep my, my cycling journey moving forward without too many mental challenges, because with mental mental challenges comes physical implications and i really i really want to keep my my physical form in tip-top shape as i can you know to where i can continue you know the cycling journey so but yeah that was that was a lot wasn't it but i think a lot of people are are wondering what do you do when you when you feel like you're reaching a point where you're just, ah, uh, here we go again, you know? So I would like to know, like, what do you all do? And um, of course, Coach Mac has, he pretty much spilled all types of knowledge all over the place in that forum of things, what you can do um, to make sure you stay within your training plans. So with that, I would like to move on to something else. And that's like, those are my future plans. So I'm working with some, some people in Colorado and I'm thinking about creating some kind of event for you all, something epic. 
and I think it would be appropriate for what we as a community are trying to do, we as fellow Floans are trying to do, and that is take our cycling journey to the next level. So um, before I came into this studio setting, this makeshift studio setting <laughs> that I've created, um, I was looking at Google Earth and a friend of mine in Colorado um, sent me like some different different points of interest in the state of Colorado. And my task was to create cycling route, cycling routes from those points of interest. So essentially, I am planning on, this is the beginning stages, so mind you, this might change over time, but I am, I'm not even going to tell you how many miles I'm planning on covering in a week, but just know it's going to be epic. So let's just leave it at that. Let's say it, just know it's going to be over 600 miles. So, and there's going to be some climbing in there, obviously, since I'm going to be in like the cycling capital of the world. So, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And I'm, of course, I'm going to reach out to other cyclists out there to see if they want to, you know, during one of the routes, if they're nearby, they can always join in for a few miles and disappear, you know, but no route is going to be under 60 miles just know that and i'm contemplating like oh man i need to have like all of my gear like spick and span because i really can't get out there and have a flat so i'm i'm wondering like what kind of tires i should have and um i was doing like a route recon and the downside about google earth right is you can you can call yourself like doing the uh, the street view like using that application and the street view is so misleading because i remember using the street view for a race a long time ago hosted by top view um top view racing organization they usually throw events for usa cycling and I did like a route recon and I was like, what am I looking at? And I thought I was good at reading maps, but apparently not that much because I did the map recon using Google Earth and I did the street view and it was so misleading because I was like, oh man, this route is flat. You know, like I'm not going to do any climbing. And the first, like within the first 500 yards, it's like a super climb. And that's how the route starts. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Like, did somebody change the terrain between when they made this map and now? So um, I'm really going to have to study the elevation and really get better at 
map recon via the digital space that we have available um, that is Google Earth. And, um, but the cool thing is, um, at the end of each route, I will be visiting maybe like a rejuvenation type of situation where I fall into a hot spring or something. And, but I was thinking about dedicating each, each leg, each stage. That's what I wanted to call them. Each stage as a dedication to something that we're dealing with in the world. Like, let's say we're dealing with cancer. I know some athletes out there that are still today, you know, they're battling cancer, but at the same time, they're doing epic things in the world of athletics. And they really, they really embody all of the things that that mean to overcome. So I want to dedicate each stage to people like that. And I, I'm going to do some research, of course, because um, I don't want to just pick anything to dedicate, a, you know, arbitrarily this stage is for prostate cancer. I'm, I'm not doing that. I want it to be something meaningful to me because I feel like it's going to be more it's going to be genuine, you know, and um, it's not going to feel like I'm just slapping on the race number for a 5K run that I'm not really interested in. I just want to get some Strava points or something, you know. So, and I, I, I was thinking about um, how would I record that for you all? <laughs> and um, I was thinking about reaching out to Zwift and saying, okay, so how can I, is it possible to ride my bike outside and Zwift at the same time? <laughs> I don't think that's possible, but it would be worth a, an ask, right? So <laughs> I was thinking about something like that. But yeah, just know like something like that is coming and um, I'm thinking a year out from now, it's not, it's not going to be anything now because of course we are dealing with COVID and um, it's a lot of travel restrictions that I really don't want to, I don't want to hinder the experience because that would be very annoying. And I don't really like to, I'm lazy guys. I like for things to be as easy as possible. <laughs> so especially if you're going to be struggling for over 500 miles, you, you need things to be easy, right? And luckily I do have someone that agreed to be my support vehicle or use their vehicle to support me in this whole endeavor. So yeah, exciting stuff. Um, and then I, I talked to Andy Perrin and I was like, so uh, how about Race Across America? You know, and he was like, well, yeah, I'm with it. But you know, so we'll see, you know, a lot of people are dealing with the financial implications of the pandemic and you can't really ask for too much, right? 
you have to just work with what you have and um, within reason, of course, you don't want to just be going without. And um, yeah, so um, right now I'm just going to keep those little nuggets, those little epic journeys that I'm planning for you all um, under wraps for the most part until we get to the point where we can be like, okay, yeah, this is definitely possible without any unnecessary challenges. But look for it for next year because this time next year, let's say this time next year, let's make it real and um, just put it out into the universe because, I mean, everybody else is. Tokyo 2021 20, is. The Tour de France happened, you know, so let's Let's just put it out there. So there's that. And then I have been doing a terrible job with um, the website because I'm not really sure where I wanna, what you guys are looking for. And I think you all just heard that motorcycle in the background. I don't know what that's about. Uh, it's kind of late, oh my gosh. Like people are still riding motorcycles and it's pretty cool, it's not, it's not motorcycle weather anymore, but I guess Minnesotans, they're like, oh, this, oh, it's 40 degrees outside. It's pretty warm. Let's go, <laughs> let's go ride motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> but that's me speaking as a Southerner, right? But, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about, um, some of the plans that are coming my way and, Oh yeah, and um, I also have another person I like to consider a mentor in the adaptive sports world, Mike Smith. He is Sergeant First Class in the military, and he's also a WCAP athlete. Oh my God, this motorcycle is going crazy. But, <laughs> but yes, he recently, um, started a campaign called Swim, Bike, Run for the number four equality and then Swim, Bike, Run around the world. Those are both hashtags. Um, and they completed like, I think it was like 25 million miles within two months. And um, from what I've seen, it was, it was, um, a whole bunch of like participants. I was one of them. And uh, when I saw like the banner, he was like, thank you all for participating in this, this event. I was like, so is it just over? And, and he was like, no, this is a movement. So if you all are still, you know, conscious, if you still feel the weight of inequalities throughout the world, especially in the sports, in the endurance sports realm. Please start participating in um, swim, bike, run for equality, swim, bike, run across the world or around the world rather. Because I think that, that type of movement, right? That is a, I feel like that's a thing where you combine efforts to get a point across to the powers that be that are suppressing people from being great, you know? So, um, 
I was, I was telling him, I really hope that, you know, he keeps this momentum going. So hopefully I'll be able to work with him in the future. I talked to him the other day and he was like, I'm proud of you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, well, shucks. <laughs> but be on the lookout for Michael Smith or AKA Mike Smith, because he's a para-athlete. Um, he lost his right arm in the war and he became an elite athlete at the world-class athlete program for the army. And um, he's putting out some crazy numbers and he is looking for forward to Paris 2024. And I think with his work ethic, focus and drive, I think he, I think he'll make it. Um, so definitely Mike Smith, if you're listening to this, um, please give me a shout out. I hope I can, I hope you will allow me in my, you know, insignificant being to be in your presence. <laughs> I'm joking. He's really cool. He's not like, he's not some person that's unapproachable. Des definitely the most approachable person and elite athlete that I've ever met. So um, I really appreciate him um, allowing me to be in his circles. So that's pretty cool. And speaking of equality everywhere, um, Mani of the Black Cyclist Network is, whoa, he's doing like all types of things over there in the UK. So if, if you all are interested in any kind of movements when it comes to not only like Black Lives Matter, of course, I'm gonna, I'm a black guy, right? I'm black male. So I'm gonna bring it up. Um, if you're interested in any kind of movements like that, like money, uh, the Black Cyclist Network is like on this crazy scale. He's expanded the network to where it's like over, I'm not even gonna put out the numbers, but it's definitely over 600 cyclists in this network. And then when, he goes out on rides, I think it gets past a thousand people, you know? So definitely check him out. He's on Instagram, um, Black Cyclist Network. I think he also goes by Mani. That's M-A-N-I. And yeah, like all types of videos, all types of inspirational material for you. So if you're interested in starting something similar, um, you can definitely model yourself after that. So I think I've, I think I've covered all the things in this one. I, I pretty much freestyled this one. Um, a friend of mine said that, Hey, I really wish you would be a little bit more structured. I was like, nah, <laughs> for this one, nah, I didn't really feel like it. And plus I, I promise you all, like, I have been mentally, like, on the cusp of just like, I don't know, not shutting down, but kind of powering down in a way to where I was gonna be unproductive. So I realized I didn't have the bandwidth to create like a really, I don't know, structured podcast like most podcasters out there do. And to be honest, 
Like, let's be honest. Zed is super lazy. If you know me, I'm, I take the path of least, least resistance probably 99.9% .9 of the time. That point one is like rare. Even if I see a deadline. <laughs> oh my goodness. So <laughs> with that bellow flow ends, I'm gonna wrap this up. So until next time, find your flow. to the VeloFlow Project Podcast. You can stay connected to all things VeloFlow Project via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find the links to the VeloFlow Project's podcast and all social media platforms in the description section of this episode.